Hi, everybody. It's me, Sean, bringing you Babe. This is a secret babe. A babe where I reveal my innermost thoughts. And you may think I'm an asshole by the time we're done. <laughs> oh. Hi, everyone. Are you mad at me? I have to tell you, I'm haunted at night by the fact that I haven't done a podcast in over two weeks. It's so hard to find time. I actually thought about doing one in my car, just bringing my laptop and the sound equipment in my car and driving like two blocks away and just doing it in the in the silence of my car. It's hard, believe me. If I didn't have a full-time job and a husband and a son and parents who needed me constantly, um, oh, I'd be doing a podcast every five minutes. I'd be prolific. I wanted to be prolific. Remember when I had the uh, the cervical spine surgery? Lucky me. I had all the time in the world for babe. But um, I also have to kind of feel it. <clears throat> like I was, excuse me, I was going to uh, do one on weight loss. Who, who can't relate to that? I was going to do one on drinking because I uh, don't drink anymore because I feel like I'm a, a recovered alcoholic. I feel like I, I am a recovered alcoholic, <laughs> so I don't just feel like it. I really am. But I wasn't feeling either of those. And then something happened and I thought, oh, this is great. This has got to happen. Everybody needs to know. But in revealing this, I will have to tell you that I'm not the nicest person in the world. You may think you may judge me harshly after this. So I'm going to I'm going to preface it with something big. Another thing I really don't ever tell anybody it never really comes up anymore, but um, all right, are you ready? I don't really like the Beatles. Yeah, okay, I left, I left a pause there for the audience to gasp and scream. I mean, they're, they're okay. I don't turn them off when they come on the radio. Uh, the radio. <laughs> on my Victrola. When my Victrola is playing the Beatles, my record player, um, but I don't, uh, I don't love the Beatles. I don't obsess over their catalog. I don't care if Rubber Soul was their best album or if the White Album had secret messages about uh, Helter Skelter. I do like The Long and Winding Road, which someone pointed out to me. Well, that was their last song. I'm like, well, maybe I could just feel that energy, like just end it. I don't like the Beatles. And the point of this is we don't have to like or love everything all the time. We, we can like different things. We can be different kinds of people. Uh, there are probably f very few of you that don't really love the Beatles. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to lose a few listeners <laughs> over this. But I remember telling somebody once, and she got really pissed at me. And uh, I don't think the friendship ended, but it was never the same. So... I'm going to preface it with that, and and I told you that I don't like the Beatles, so I'm going to kind of move into uh, animal territory, mainly my dog, Marm. There was a movie out a while back, um, We Need to Talk About Kevin. <laughs> what a title, right? Uh, this, is, this should really be called We Need to Talk About Marm. Marm. Marmoset. Marmoset. Xavier, that's his middle name, is an 11-year-old long-haired chihuahua. He weighs about seven pounds. He is, 
uh, white and tan primarily, but has sort of this wild, like Joan Jett hair coming down from the sides behind his ears. So he's got kind of like this rocker hair that suddenly comes out and it's jet black. And he's the cutest little face. He's a really, really cute dog. No bigger than a minute. Marmoset. A marmoset is a pygmy monkey. So if you Google that, you'll see the cuteness of a real marmoset. And uh, this marmoset is just as cute as uh, a pygmy monkey. <laughs> so cute. Oh, marm. Marm, marm, marm. So I'm nervous as I speak. Just know. I, I'm afraid of uh, uh, the feedback I might get from this. But Marm, okay, so we have friends uh, who had a chihuahua, who have a chihuahua uh, named Rupert. And Rupert is a super fun chihuahua on the scale of like, did you know chihuahuas were the dogs of Mexican kings? Yes, royalty kept chihuahuas as like little space heaters because they're so warm. But the dog of Mexican kings, thank you, Rupert is fun-loving and cuddly and will lick your nose and will drool a little bit. And his little tongue sticks out when, when he gets excited. And he's just, he's super photogenic. And Rupert, oh, the love we have for Rupert. What a great dog. And our friends came over one night and brought Rupert because who doesn't love Rupee? And Eric and I were like, we love Rupert. It came, it, it, it's like a bulb went off in our, above our head, a, a, an idea bulb. We love Rupert. If, if we could have a dog like Rupert, I think we'd get a dog. So our one friend said, You're, get out. You're never going to believe this. Rupert, although he was, I think, only one year old at the time, <laughs> Rupert has a son. Rupert has a son. Rupert has more than one child, but Rupert has a son. Uh, and we have a friend who is breeds chihuahuas, and she said that Rupert's son is special. I don't want to say special needs, but just special, which that word on its own has a like a very special episode of Babe, right? You know, it's going to be something heavy or, you know, um, God's special children. You know that they're talking about, you know, people with 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 uh, intellectual disabilities, which a field I've worked in for 20 years and I've seen special children many times. So Marm is special. <gasps> we have to do a meet and greet. Oh, let's let's meet Marm. Oh, Marm. What a cute name. We love Marm. And uh, yeah, so we had a meet and greet with Marm and his owner. And Marm was just so shy and adorable. And you could just scoop Marm up with one hand and fry an egg with the other. So I, I really thought this is this is our dog. It's Rupert's son. Such great genealogy. And we brought Marm home and Marm hid for I think the whole first day and night, but then came out and was quiet as could be, but just so lovable, just so squeezable and huggable and lovable. And we love Marm. So we took Marm uh, under our wing in March of 2008. So he was about a year old. He was born in March of 2007. So we've lived life with Marm. We have photographed Marm. We have photoshopped Marm. 
We have bought Marm uh, ringer tees to wear. We have bought Marm a bubble coat, a hipster bubble coat to wear out in the wintertime. Marm has a stocking that hangs from our mantle during the holiday. He's received many, many gifts. We, uh, okay, so I'm just going to cut to the chase. We adopted a, a child. <laughs> And I don't know if you knew this or not, but sometimes when you adopt a baby, the dog doesn't like it because Marm had always been a little special. Marm actually uh, is very skittish and neurotic and uh, gets scared. If you like move a move your big toe, Marm will scream and run. That's that's the to me that's what Marm sounds like. Run and hide behind the toilet, hide under the bed. Um, we were walking once, and a leaf, an autumn leaf, floated down from the tree and landed on Marm's head, and he he freaked the fuck out. So Marm is is really skittish, and um, my my friend David says Marm sees force fields because if you move your leg, Marm will move backwards. I've seen Marm walk sideways to get away from people. Um, he's not a, a people. He's not a people dog. No, Marm is not a people dog. So, uh, so when we d- adopted Jackson, we were there uh, in the delivery room. We were there in the hospital. So we took one of his swaddling blankets and brought it home so Marm could smell it so that he could get used to the smell of this baby that was about to come to come home. Because Marm's already kind of fucked. Well, I'll tell you, we I have been tempted to give Marm, uh, not that I'm on Xanax, but if I were, uh, no, I definitely am. But I would give him maybe a quarter of a Xanax. But Eric really doesn't like the idea of medicating uh, Marm. So we have not given him any anti-anxiety meds, which I still I think I'm going to push. But um, one time he had a bad tummy. Sometimes dogs have bad tummies and they start licking shit like the rug and and the couch cushions and, you know, the legs of the tables and all that licking means they have a bad tummy. So we had a bunch of people over to watch Project Runway and... Uh, my friend Alicia said, why don't you give him a Tums or like a half a Tums or like a quarter of a Tums? So we were all in our jammies and watching Project Runway and I split the Tums into four pieces and a piece fell. And my friend Alex put her hand on the quarter piece of Tums and grabbed it to give it to Marm and said, "Ooh, you dropped a... And she thought she had her hand on my knee. (laughs) But the quarter Tums dropped right onto my penis which was, you know, swathed in sweatpants. But she looked up at me like, ooh, I got my hand on your junk, don't I? And we were laughing so fucking hard. I'm like, did you totally just grabbed my dick? Like, she's like, no, no, a quarter Tums fell on it. I'm like, oh, if only I knew that all it took was to put a quarter Tums on my crotch to get someone to touch it, I would have tried this trick years ago. Hi, what's that? Oh, it's quarter of Tums. Grab it. But so, you know, your hand lingers on something. Like when I accidentally touch someone's breast, um, it's it's undeniably a breast. You know you hit someone's breast with your your shoulder or with your elbow or, God forbid, your hand. And you're like, oh, oh, my God, what did I touch? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, 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 uh. Like, you, you know you touched a breast. Apparently, when you touch a penis through sweatpants, you think it might be a knee. Like, you're not so sure. What am I? What am I touching? But Alex's face of realization, like, oh, I got my hand on your dick, don't I? We were laughing so hard. So to this day, we still talk about a quarter Tums and uh, all its implications. So 
anyway, a quarter Tums, he can handle. A quarter Xanax, not so much. Because I don't want to go against what, what Eric thinks. But at, at this point, wait till I tell you this story. So uh, Marm, uh, Marm's been through a lot. Marm, when we were in Paris... And I like saying that sentence because it makes me sound super cool. When we were in Paris, uh, we stayed with really good friends, Dan and Marcy. They are the best. They are incredibly generous. And and we stayed in their chateau that was attached to an international school that they both work at. And um, Dan is the headmaster, I believe. But we were... Um, on our phones and Dan was on his laptop and he came across the Elmwood Village Association page and he said, oh, lost dog. This dog looks exactly like Marm. And Eric and I couldn't have given two shits. We were, <laughs> we're like, yeah, we just went to the Louvre today. <laughs> c'est si bon, c'est la vie. Like, who cares about a missing dog? And so we never even went over to the laptop to see if the dog was indeed Marm. So fast forward to we return and uh, pick up Marm at our friend Aaliyah's house and we brought her macarons and we brought her a handmade card and um, everything French for her because she watched Marm for two weeks and she's like, I have I have a story to tell you. Everything's fine. But Marm, the door opened when I ordered food and Marm ran away and she lives on the west side of Buffalo and Marm ran in the rain they chased him in the rain. Marm ran in the rain for, uh, I would say, two or, I'm going to say two or three miles uh, to Elmwood Avenue, where someone scooped him up and put him in the bathroom of a bank that's right there and photographed a wet, terrified Marm. If you could see the, the sad creature in the dictionary under sad, pathetic creature is this picture of Marm soaking wet in the bathrooms of a bathroom of Evans Bank. And they put it up on uh, Facebook. Lost dog. This little doggy looks like it's been running a long time. And so Dan sees this while we're in, in Paris, and we don't care. We, we're like, you know, pass the baguette. So not only weren't we mad at Aaliyah, we, were, we thought it was amazing that we could have actually known this while we were in Paris had we had human hearts. I'm like, this is the starting of me thinking, maybe I'm not the nicest person. I mean... I love Marm, of course, but I don't really, Oh, you know, I'm not mad. I should be mad that you lost our dog, but I'm not. I, I'm laughing. <laughs> I don't know why. And the picture, oh, God, I, I wish, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put the picture on, uh, on Facebook if you, if you uh, follow me on Facebook or if we're friends um, uh, so you can see it. So anyway, uh, Marm was, was was very cautious when Jackson got home. He used to actually jump on me while I was holding the baby, uh, feeding him. And I think he was trying to sort of mark his territory, but he, he was good. Marm was good. He was, he was still really scared of every movement, but when you have a newborn, they don't do anything. They just, you know, they're just adorable and they don't move at all. They're completely helpless and, and relying on you. And then they start to move. And Jackson started to crawl after probably, I think he was over a year old. And uh, he was fast. And mom was like, oh, fuck. Like, I got to get out of this thing's way. What is this? What is this kid doing? And of course, he would go toward mom 
to try and, and express love. Jackson's very loving and, and he loves Marm. He, he really does. And, and, and Marm was having none of it. Marm was giving him the old, the old uh, crook eye. The evil eye. Shade. He was throwing shade at Jackson. And then Jackson learned to walk. And he, it was, I think, after a year that he learned to walk. I, I, I got that wrong. He crawled much earlier. But, yeah, he was having none of that. And suddenly, Jackson were like, oh, you know, be careful. Don't touch his face. Just touch He only likes it when you just touch his back. Because I'm thinking, if Marm bites Jackson, it's, it's over for Marm. See you back on Elmwood, but he Marm has not has not uh, his he growls at Jackson. He growls at Jackson, and uh, the more Jackson grows up, and the taller Jackson gets, and the faster Jackson gets, the more Marm is running away from Jack. He spends most of his time running away from Jackson. When I walk Marm, I'll hold Marm close to me, and then press Marm up against Jackson's cheek so they can have a little moment although i just recently read dogs don't like to be hugged thank you thanks marm uh but he loves he loves to to help he likes to hold the leash and uh you know with with my assistance of course but i started to think marm's quality of life isn't awesome anymore like he's not he's not we're not photographing him as much and i think i gave him the same christmas presents i gave him the year before and his stocking and you know, he's he's certainly not the, the centerpiece of our home, but he's also he can't sit for one minute without Jackson going over and and, and trying to pet him, which, you know, who can blame a, a two and a half, three year old for trying to pet a dog and he'll jump and then jump on the couch. So then Jackson will go to the couch and Marm will jump uh, onto the chair and he'll go back and forth until finally he like retreats underneath something. So I'm thinking, I feel like Marm is, is unhappy. I mean, he's always been a fucking basket case, but now he's like extra basket Casey and he's living a life of constant terror. So what are we to do? We have this nervous as fuck dog who can't sit still for a minute because there's a toddler uh, who we're trying to teach, you know, responsibility. You walk the dog, you only pet him back here, you don't smother him. But he's a toddler's going to chase moving things. That's how (laughs) I could write a book, right, on on being a dad. Here's what a toddler's going to do. They're going to chase moving things. But he is we can't get him to stop running for marm it's we'd have to chain him up so i thought i wonder if rupert's mommy mommies would take marm like he's marm i didn't tell you that when rupert and marm are together marm is a different dog he's bold he's brazen he's sassy and rupert brings out the best in his son and they are just in madly in love they howl together i'll never forget the first time that happened we had never heard marm howl and we had a friend um cindy who we <laughs> we said opened a portal in marm to to suddenly howl when rupert howled and i think cindy would also howl and uh it was the funniest fucking thing oh my god the howling the howling of marm so for various reasons, uh, our friends could not take Marm. Uh, there were other animals in the house, and Marm doesn't do well with other animals, only Rupert. And uh, at this time, there was a, uh, a cat who was, sounded savage, and uh, uh, another dog, and it just, 
I'm sorry, but no. So I thought, well, there's no one else really. And then I thought, well, I'll call um, the woman that gave us Marm. And uh, strangely, she never really got back to me. So I was like, well, this is okay. I, um, I guess Marm's not going there. So I thought, is this a thing? Like, do, do people ever get rid of their dog? Like when a child comes into the home and it's not because of the child, it's because I, I actually care about Marm and don't want him to, he needs to be with a very elderly person who never moves. <laughs> is there such a, is there such a home? But I was talking to a coworker and she said, oh, we actually had to rehome our dog. Now, isn't that the nicest way to say giving your dog the fucking boot? Rehome. And I thought, oh, my God, I could never. We have friends that love Marm so much that if, if they came over and Marm was gone and I'm like, yeah, we rehomed him after 10 years, they wouldn't it would be ugly. But, you know, Eric's like, we can't care about what other people think. So I'm like rehoming, rehoming. Maybe how do I go about rehoming Marm? So I got right on it and I found uh, an organization uh, online that uh, puts pets up for adoption and uh, you don't make any money off of it. The agency, I think, makes ninety nine dollars, but you, you it's all done online. And uh, I found a, a jaunty picture of Marm and uh, I was pretty honest about, you know, that he really doesn't like children, animals or men or women. <laughs> so that's that's really it on this earth. Insects doesn't like leaves but that he'd make a great dog for somebody in their senior years uh that he's super lovable and he's huggable and cuddly i will say when i went through my depression before i ended up uh going into the hospital marm was at, at the top of of my head curled up like a little cinnamon roll for almost the entire time i the months that i was in bed marm was there for me so i i don't not love marm i just don't think this is this is the home for him anymore it's fucking torture. So uh, you put in a 10-year-old chihuahua who is unfriendly and skittish up on a website, and you don't get a ton of hits, let me tell you. I kind of felt like I was back on Match.com. Like, has anybody looked at Marm's profile? So suddenly somebody looked at Marm's profile, and they looked at it for one minute. <laughs> then a lady looked at it for five minutes and saved Marm to her dashboard. So I said, oh, I see that you're interested in Marm. Would you like to, uh, if you have any more questions, just email me. And she rejected me. She didn't answer. Then there was Evelyn. Evelyn looked at Marm for nine minutes. Can you imagine nine minutes of, of Marm? I can't. I can imagine 10 years of Marm, but not nine minutes. And so uh, I emailed her and I said, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to ask. And she wrote back, thanks. So on this website, you can choose an option. Let's meet. So I said, hey, let's meet. Uh, I can bring my husband and son and Marm to... Um, Delaware Park and and uh, we can meet up and you can see, you know, I, I tried to really sell it and make it sound super fun. She rejected she rejected the offer. Uh, declined. Yeah, that's the word declined. So I was like, well, fuck this. So um, I said I wanted uh, him placed by October 1st and then or not October 1st, September 1st. And then I changed it to September 8th. And then I changed I kept moving it because there's literally a ticker on this website saying, you know, this is how many days Marm has left until, you know, 
the kill shelter, which is absolutely not true. But it just looked awful that this ticker was going down like this is get him now while he's hot. So poor Marm, uh, just like any single, you know, man or woman didn't do well on with online dating, did not find uh, forever home. So I was talking to a friend of mine and my friend said there's an organization here, uh, an adoption agency here in Buffalo um, that finds new homes for dogs. Why don't you check with them? So I thought, well, that's really good. You know, this is actually a local place. I bet they'll be super nice and and, uh, you know, maybe they can lead me in the right direction. So I went to their website and I hit contact us and I I told my tale. I said, we have this dog. He is 10 and uh, he's been skittish his whole life. But now we've added a toddler to the mix and his quality of life is really poor. It's it's a life of anxiety and torment. And uh, how would I go about, you know, putting this dog up for adoption? And I got really excited. Like, so I kept checking just like I was checking to see if anybody had looked at Marm. Uh, I kept checking to see if I got an email back from this organization and I did get an email back. And the person that wrote me back said, I'm confused so you're telling me that instead of teaching a toddler boundaries and teaching your toddler how to cohabitate with your dog, you're going to get rid of a dog you've had for 10 years? Shame on you. I feel how horrible and sad for that dog. We cannot help you. What the fuck, lady? It's not like I said, hey, I want to use my dog for bait for dog fights or, hey, we were thinking of killing our dog, but instead of killing it, we thought we'd maybe put it up for adoption. All I inquired was, how do you go about putting a dog up for adoption? And this lunatic came back at me and shamed me hard, really hard. So, of course, I've been feeling I've been feeling like a bad person since we went to France (laughs) because I wasn't like really upset that mom got lost. I'm glad mom got found, but I wasn't. uh, So uh, I don't like the Beatles. Okay, so everybody hates me. So this woman made me feel bad. And I thought, take the high road, take the low road. So I just wrote back. My son is two. I said, thank you so much for your advice. I will never forget how kind and non-judgmental you were. And I will remember it when people ask me about your organization. So I sent it out there, which was kind of low. Like, I could have left it alone, but I didn't. And then I waited to see if she replied, this crazy bitch. And I excuse me for calling her a bitch, but... Gay men say bitch all the time. Hey, bitch, bitch, what's up, bitch? So let's pretend I'm saying it like that. This crazy bitch. So I woke up to an email saying, I'd be glad that you tell people that we would not take your dog. How awful for your dog. You should be ashamed of yourself. I have put your name on a list of people never to allow them to adopt an animal from every rescue (laughs) Uh, an adoption and shelter in in Buffalo. Good day, sir. So I was like, man, what a what the fuck? Like now, my name is out there. Sean Doyle, dog hater, gives up dog, owner of dog, puts dog out you know to to pasture at ten. Like I didn't do any, I didn't do anything but ask a question, and she got so nasty. So. Am I an awful person? Should I not have gone this route? 
I was really only thinking of Marm <laughs> and maybe a little bit of, of myself as well, because it's, it's hard to watch. So anyway, I feel like an asshole, but this woman is a bigger, more giant asshole. Like she publicly shamed me. So if I literally went to the SPCA and said, we want to adopt a dog, they would look up my name and be like, well, crazy bitch, put your name on a list because you asked a question. I don't know. I just feel like, oh, God, you know, I've been you're talking to someone here who's been arrested for a DUI, which I'm sure they put in the paper that happened in Orlando in 1994. I know embarrassing, but this is like extra embarrassing. Like, are they going to come take my son away because I <laughs> because I asked about adoption? Like, is this woman going to come to my house? She knows my phone because I thought she'd be nice. So I gave her my phone number thinking maybe we'd chat and she could help me out. Uh, no. No! So, I'm a rotten person, but here is what I have learned. Some things just aren't meant to be. Marm is meant to live in this house. Jackson is meant to learn many life lessons about Marm as he grows up. I'm sure Marm will pass away one day, and that'll be hopefully the first time that Jackson uh, encounters death, and we can explain to him, use that as a lesson. Um, sure, we try to teach him boundaries. We're not like, go sit on Marm, or, or spray Marm in the face with acid, Jack. You know, of course we teach him boundaries, but uh, I guess he's meant to stay. Marm, uh, the universe has, has, has grounded Marm f firmly to our oriental rugs. He is, he's ours. And I love him. I can't believe that my name is on a list. <laughs> feels so, uh, makes me so angry. I'm a nice person. They let me adopt a baby. And now I'm on a list of, I can't adopt a pet. Bitch. I mean, bitch. Anyway, hey bitches. See, that's what I mean. So I'm learning in life because I've got some stuff going on that I can't talk about right now, but there could be some big things happening for me. But if they're not meant to be, they're not meant to be. Like, I really think that Jackie is the son we were meant to have. It wasn't any other baby. It was Jackson William Leonberger Doyle. This little soul was the one soul that was meant to come into our lives. And it happened. So if Marm wasn't meant to go live with another family, it wasn't meant to be. I know when to throw in my cards. Is that what they say? Throw in your cards? I don't play cards. Throw in my deck? Throw in the hat? I know when to throw in the hat. And just say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm pulling his profile off of uh, Match.com for dogs. He's ours. We'll just make it work. I know when. So hopefully, this is the lesson. Hopefully, we realize that things happen because they're meant to happen. Even if they suck. Even if they aren't exactly what we envisioned and planned. Uh, and we just we just have to roll with it and adapt. So I was, I was super... Uh, you know, again, I, it would be easier to talk about my alcoholism than to talk about possibly not loving my dog. But I do love him. He's just challenging. Okay, so, you know, let's pretend I'm like a big scale podcaster. I'm going to get thousands of comments. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, or maybe somebody can relate. But the point is, it wasn't meant to be. So I'm, I'm calling it. Marm is no longer up for adoption. The, the cruel bastard that I am, I am, I'm embracing him and he will live his life in full right here at, in our home with little Jackie. And, uh, you know, 
me and, and Eric. So if things aren't going your way or if you've got something coming up, someone's trying to make a big decision or your your fate is in someone else's hands, just know that it's going to turn out the way it was meant to be. Okay. So anyway, I have to go feed my fucking dog. Just kidding. I love you, Marm. And I love all of you. Sorry it's been so long. Uh, I'm going to try and, and I, you know, I aim for once a week, once every two weeks is the longest I'll, I'll try and go. But, uh, just know that if I had my druthers, I'd be podcasting every day. I got a lot to talk about. All right. Love you all. Talk to you later. Please don't hate me. Bye.